So this is a special two-part podcast featuring Jay Nolan of Fresh and Local, and this is part two. Before we begin, here's all the information of Jay Nolan and Fresh and Local. So uh, yeah, man, y'all can follow me at Real J Nolan. That's gonna be at R E A L J N O L A N, and that's across both um, Instagram, Twitter. If you're on Facebook. It's uh, facebook.com slash Nolan. If you want to get in contact with me about anything, email me at realjnolan at gmail.com. And um, if you want to get involved with Fresh and Local and our whole situation, you can go on our Instagram. That's at Fresh and Local. You can add us on uh, Twitter as well, Fresh Local ATL. And like I said before, email us at freshandlocalatl at gmail.com if you want to submit to be a part of the Fresh and Local Fest, whether that be performance or if you want to be a vendor. Reach out. We're very uh, very receptive to anything that you're talking about, man, and we just like to build with people. So, yeah, man, get in contact with us and uh, make sure you visit freshandlocalatl.com to stay up to date with uh, new events. Uh, join our mailing list so that you can really stay up to date and we can deliver everything directly to you. And, um, yeah, man, that's pretty much that. Yeah. So I want to get more in-depth when it comes to you as an artist. Okay. Because we talked about the music business. Absolutely. Your, um, your brand, your mm-hmm. marketing it. So as an artist, what are some of your key tips when, like, for the next artist? When you go to the studio, what's the first thing you focus on? Do you have, like, a so-called ritual that you go based on? Or do you um, just go... I have no ritual, man. Like, for me, I like to... I'm very I'm a very focused person. Yeah. So like for me, if I'm in the studio, like it it could be starting from some scratch with producers. It could be I already have the the records uh pre-planned, like I got the beat, I already wrote the lyrics, I'm going in there, it's like, bro, just pull it up. You know what I'm saying? Because for me, I'm just I'm there to execute. I'm there to express myself and make the best music. So when I'm in the studio, I don't have any like rituals i don't have any um you know light the incense clap three times do a circle and go ahead and hit record you know what i'm saying which i don't hey no disrespect to anybody that does that you know what yeah, i mean that's why i say you know your but, own ritual in the studio yeah, people do for sure yeah but for me i'm not doing none of that bewitch type of stuff you know what i mean like i'm just <laughs> i'm just i'm just there to be a vessel man and like um like i said for me I've done this so long as far as like delivering verses and, you know, just being put on the spot, having to freestyle, having to memorize verses. Like I just did the, um, but like I went out to New York last, at the end of last year, you know what I'm saying? And it was something that was completely unplanned. Yeah. Like, you know, I did like this challenge for the uh, Top Shelf Freestyle that Low Deluxe had put together. Like, it was a challenge that he had issued on, on uh, Instagram. I was already doing, like, freestyle series, so yeah. I just started tagging him on all the joints I already had out, right? Didn't know if he was seeing them. But then, one day, he pops up in my DM, like, yo, what's good, family? I need you out for my show. <laughs> and it's like... You took the opportunity. Yeah, I took the opportunity. I took off from work when I wasn't supposed to. Told them, I was, told them niggas I was sick. <coughs> you know what I'm saying? And when it made it happen, you know? But, um, you know, it's like they gave us a beat and was like, you got 24 bars, kill it. Bet. Go out there with a, with a verse, pre-prepared. We do it. And then he's like, all right, now, y'all know I wasn't going to just have y'all up here for, for the fun of it. We call this the deluxe round. We're going to give you a topic. 
and you got to incorporate it into into your next verse. And I was like, I ain't know he was coming with two verses, but I had to seize the moment. The cameras was on. You know what I'm saying? And this was a hot 97 situation. Like if you, you went in. Yeah, I had to, <laughs> man. I had to. It's like, man, I got people at home watching this. I know, like, people that know that have known me to be, you know, a very serious MC over the course of my lifetime. I cannot fumble this right now. I don't care if I don't win this situation, but I know I'm gonna represent myself very well. You won the crowd. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, you know, if I if I didn't approach <clears throat> my craft in that type of way, I may not have been prepared. I may have started stumbling my verse or forgetting my lyrics or, you know, just completely froze up because I wasn't prepared and that's not something that I'm used to is being put on the spot. But I had to go up there and kill it. Like, and and people seen it in, in the video, man. Like, the crowd was, was definitely into it. Yeah. And just going off of what you said, I feel like you should be comfortable being uncomfortable. Yeah. Yeah. Some people be like, what? That just means like, if you're nervous, use it for um, for your strength. Because yeah. um, years ago when I was um, one of my friends named Tom Pete, he used to um, tour with MGK and Tech 9 So I okay. was on stage looking at uh, 1,000 people, 2,000 people. And, you know, the first time you look at the crowd, you might get nervous. And, you know, you should use it to your advantage. I got on stage and I enjoyed myself because I didn't let it, like, affect me as a whole. Yeah, you should always think of ways to, you know, overcome, you know, your weakness, making sure that, you know, you give the crowd a good show. Yeah. Especially as an artist, because like Jane Nolan was talking about, you're an entertainer. Yeah. Like, that's your job. As soon as you hit the stage, you got to find out how to incorporate what you do to benefit the crowd from enjoying the night. You want them to talk about your show for, like, the next week or two. Yeah, for sure. You want them to, like, oh, man, as soon as you end your um, set... They want to find out, like, your next event, like, your Absolutely. next show. That's how it should be. Yeah, and I'm all about that, man. Like, um, I remember I used to be scared to perform, man. I used to make so many excuses not to perform. Really? Yeah, man. What was this? Yeah, man. I was probably, like, 21, bro. Um, and this was, like, during the height of, like, the Apache Cafe area. Like, oh, yeah, I was like, Apache Like, Cafe. Um, yeah. they, all the time people were like, yo, you need to, you, you're dope. Go to Apache, go to Apache. I'll was like, the I do music event? Was yeah, it? that was around that, that time. Yep. Yeah, yeah, okay. Like, go to Apache, go to Apache. I always be like, man, they not gonna like my music, bro. They, <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't do that type of stuff, man. They not gonna like it. And I was scared as a bitch, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> <laughs> I was <laughs> I was done, bro. They like, no, just do it. Like, they gonna love you, man. I done seen it. And I'm like, man. It's not, it, it, I'm good, man. I'm going to do it one day. And shit, that event didn't even start popping up no more. I missed my opportunity. You know what I'm saying? But after that, I got booked directly for some stuff. Somebody reached out to me and basically put me on the spot like, hey, you're dope. I want you to be on my stage. So at that point, it's like, you're going to turn that down? Are you crazy? So I had to go do it. And... It was like the nerves that I felt that night <clears throat> made me fall in love with performing yeah. because it was like, man, I was so scared to get up here. And I didn't. Of course, um, that was my first show. I was not fully prepared, but I still got a good reaction from the crowd. And it was like, dang, if I if I got a good reaction off of like a subpar performance, I wonder what it would be like if I put my all into it. And 
from that day forth, it was like, yo, I gotta bring it every time I touch a mic, like, you know, from whatever element I'm trying to attack it from. So if I'm going in to do a song that's like, just like lyrically focused, it's like, okay, I can deliver the lyrics, but let me deliver them in a way that you feel it in your spirit. Or if I'm trying to get people turned up, like, all right, what what energy do I got to channel in order for them to feel that in their spirit? Or if I want to come from an introspective um, type of point of view where I'm doing a song that makes you want to makes you have to think about something that you may not have thought about before. How do I make that translate live to where you feel that in, in your in your spirit? And it's like, damn, it's I love it, man. Like, I feel like my home is the stage like that's where you can just like because going in the studio to do a song is fun you know but it's a formula to that so it's not the experience of it after you do it a while it's not the same as when you first do it yeah but performing is kind of like a new experience every time because you don't know who's going to be in the crowd. You don't know if they're going to give you the same energy that you had at the last show. At the last show, you could have been Michael Jackson to the crowd. But the next one, they looking at you like, Who's it? who is this guy? Never heard of him. I don't care. You're going to have to convince me, bro. And, you know, it's like a new challenge every time. Or you might make a certain type of genre, but like... Somebody that likes you was like, hey, I have this, uh, I have this show at, uh, you know, this jazz place, but I think you will still be a great addition to the show. It's like, okay, well, what music of mine is even palatable for this type of setting? So this is where your diversity as an artist can come into play. Like some people only make one type of one type of song and just recreate that for the rest of their life. But for me, it's like I have different moods. So it's like, all right, what song in my catalog can I play in this setting? You know what I'm saying? Or, um, you know, I've had <clears throat> I've had instances where I've had to perform for like a super adult type of crowd where it's like, damn, these niggas is like 38 and above. You know so what I mean? I was about to say, what's super adult? Well, super adult to me is just like, <laughs> you know, they not trying to hear the rah-rah music. They not trying to hear <laughs> like, you know, what's going on. Yeah. And for me, it's like, okay, maybe I don't make that type of music, but I do have aggressive content at times. So it's like, all right, we can't do none of that tonight. But for some artists, their catalog is just strictly one thing. And I'm, you know, I'm I'm really thankful for the fact that I approach my whole situation from a um just looking down at what's important to me. Like, man, I can make any type of music. I can do anything that I really want to do. So how do I do that? And, you know, it's, it's been able to translate very well for me, especially um, when it comes to live performances, because, like I said, some some doors that didn't have to be open were open because I had the right music for the right time. Yeah, I agree on that. Like, even when it comes to super adults, man, you know, there's there's some people in that age that's going to, like, love your music, like, automatically, sure. like, oh, yeah, there's people who's, like, 50, 60 who love Uzi. Little yeah, Uzi. That's, that's true. Yeah. So I, I believe music is um, is a gateway to all ages. It just depends on what you like, what's your taste. Yeah. Like, even with me, I like Lil Peep. Okay. Yeah. No doubt. You, you ever heard his music? 
Uh, I heard some. I <laughs> yeah, heard it's very something. Dark. It's I, very I heard dark. something early, and that's one thing that like puts me in a place. You know what I mean? Like, um, and I understand that that these younger guys are going through a lot, but they just so young though. Yeah. They don't, they and just that's, putting too much pressure on this. So. Yeah, exactly. And that's that's why I say it puts me in a certain type of place. Like to hear the t- the perspective that some of these younger guys are putting out is like really morbid and dark and yeah. like they're really going through depression in front of the world. And that that scares me because we know what that can lead to. You know what I'm saying? And especially when they talk about their drug use and stuff like that so openly and they're so young, man, it just hurts my heart, man. And um, I really wish that people would pay attention to what these guys are talking about. Um, And then Sway Lee said something that was really in-depth, but it was true. It was right after um, Juice World out, or he could have posted this like months ago, but he said, um, death is the best marketing strategy. It is. It is. It's I, sad I hate to, to say, say it. but I hate to soon say as soon as someone passes away, it. like their um album goes gold or platinum, um they're number one on the billboard. Yeah. People are constantly trying to watch their YouTube yeah, interviews. They won't appreciate you fully until you're not here. Yeah. You know what I mean? And that's like that's another thing that puts me at a certain type of place. I remember when I was younger, man, I used to have those those insecurities about it, man, am I ever gonna blow up or whatever, whatever? And it's like I bet people will love this stuff once I die. And then be like, let me let me get out of even thinking like that. And man, it's just uh this is the world we live in. Yeah. Um and you can you can look back on anyone throughout time. Like those those record sales go up. Like and I know people be mourning and it's like, yeah, let me turn on their music. But I've seen it. I've seen it on big and small, smaller scales, man. And it, it 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 breaks my heart to see like people that will overlook when we see them in person so much, and then once they pass, it's like we can't get enough for they their stuff. It, yeah. it, it's crazy. It is. It is. That's why I believe you should do as much as you can in this world while you're living. Like with me, put out as much content as you can, take yeah. as many photos, network with as many people as you can, because you know when you go. You want to be remembered. Of course, everybody wants to be remembered. Sure. Yeah. Um, how your funeral is going to look? Who's going to be there? Who's going to be a part of it? Who's going to speak? Like, I know we're thinking more on the lines of the future, but every day when I'm when I wake up, I'm thinking on the aspect: if I if I die today, what did I leave? Yeah, for did sure. I, did I leave value for somebody? Is my family secure? Things in that nature. I yeah. think of that's what's important. Yeah, a lot of people think about day by day. I'm thinking more on the lines like twenty and thirty years from now. Alex Tumay, which is um Young Thug's engineer, okay. he said he wants his music to um be around 100 years after he dies. Mm-hmm. And that's big. A lot of people don't even think in that nature because, of course, after 100 years, um, you can use material for the public. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, man. And, I mean, that's what we should be doing this for. We should be trying to aim to be timeless. Like, if you just think about what's happening today, like, that puts you in a, in a, in a weird... It puts you in a funny space because if you're just thinking about today... You could be left behind tomorrow. Mm. You know what I'm saying? And we see we've seen that happen numerous times too. You get these people that, you know, have that one good hit or whatever the case may be, and it's like we start asking, what happened to that person five, six years later? Or what happened to this? Or what happened to that? And only Lord knows what happens to some of these people, man. And yeah, man, I say that not as a joke, but just as reality. Like 
we got to start paying more attention to what it is that we're doing and move with intention. Just living on a day-to-day basis, like, it's not a good business plan for anybody. You know what I mean? And that's just keeping it real. And we can fall into that sometimes, but still got to have a a bigger picture, a bigger purpose behind what you're doing to at least keep you on track. Yeah, so let me ask you this. Do you have, like, a... A morning ritual or before you go to bed you write ideas for the next day like do you do anything in that nature um i want a routine yeah morning i wouldn't routine. i wouldn't call it a routine <clears throat> but i definitely do plan ahead um and just have like agendas for the week things that need, that need to be done things that need to be accomplished um and those don't even have to be like extravagant things it could just be like i know that I got to have this done. I have to have this ready. I have to have this completed and turned in in order to move forward with the next thing that I'm trying to do. Or I need to look into this so that I could be informed about a decision I'm trying to make for my future. Um, So I'm more like that, man. I'm not, I don't necessarily have a morning ritual. Well, I do have a morning ritual of some sort, but it's not pertaining to like writing down ideas my 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 morning ritual is more like uh taking five ten moments of like meditation and prayer oh yeah um that's necessary and just like before i i get my day started i do that um just so that i can be at you know be balanced and at peace before i go out into the world for the rest of the day no that's one of the biggest thing i believe because even for people who don't believe in like spirituality, sure. Jesus and all that, I still feel like you should meditate because you have that moment to actually have clarity, a moment of clarity, basically. Mm-hmm. Go to a quiet space, give yourself time to just tune out of the world because yeah. some people, as soon as they wake up, they go straight to their phone, go on Instagram, yeah. seeing who liking their page, who's following them. And that's a bad routine because you could get sucked in not even knowing it. Thinking yeah. that you're okay And ba- it's really an addiction It is We're in a social media addiction phase it, Yeah know. It's crazy man and, and it's like We're conditioning ourselves And setting ourselves up For that addiction Like openly Because You know Once you see your likes go up From the last post You want to keep it growing To the next one So yeah. it's like Alright what can I do What can I do We're constantly in this uh, In this space Where nothing is enough It's never enough Especially when it comes to social media, because all we do on there is consume, consume, consume. It's like feeding a scavenger. You know what I'm saying? Like, when are you, when are we full? When are we contained enough to be like, okay, I can rest, or I can take time for myself to fill my own cup? Because all I'm doing is constantly giving to the to the world, but I'm not giving anything necessarily of substance. I'm just giving myself my energy, yeah, depleting myself. You know what I mean? Trying to meet a standard that, you know, you're not really going to meet. And, you know, uh, another thing that I tell people is that if you're you're looking at Instagram as the standard, keep in mind that regular people living day to day, you're not going to compete with somebody that got $300,000 for marketing. Like, you want to try, oh, I want to make my stuff look like this. I want to get my stuff to have an impact like that. Yeah. Have a have a great quality, have a great impact, but just understand that if you're judging yourself based on what somebody else is able to create that has a certain amount of backing, has um, 12 hands in the background making stuff happen in order for them to, to 
to be that product that you see, like, and you want to try to create that on your own, like, yeah, be ambitious, but understand that you're competing against some heavy odds. You know what I mean? Yeah. So if you're not necessarily able to do that, like, don't be down on yourself. Don't don't uh, rob yourself of joy. Don't tell yourself that this isn't good enough to be put in front of the public because we'll create so much and just hoard it and keep it to ourselves because we don't feel like it's it's good enough for the market. We don't feel like it's ready. We we'll, we'll sit and hold ourselves back with this. Uh, t- today's not the time type of mentality where it's like you've been saying that for five years, bro. <laughs> like what? When is the day? Because tomorrow's not promised. And if you're going off of somebody else's standard, you're never going to be good enough because everything is evolving on a daily scale. You know what I'm saying? So it's just like do your do your best and know, know when to detach, especially emotionally. Yeah. To to this uh, social media virtual uh, gratification situation. Yeah. And don't get caught up in the system, too, because with social media, like um, Jay Nolan was talking about, you know, if you got a big, bigger marketing budget, you, you know, you're winning. Because like um, Dan Kennedy, you can actually do some research. He said, ultimately, the business that can spend the most to acquire a customer wins. That's, That's why McDonald's be spending millions of dollars a year on their commercials. And it's the biggest fast food chain in the world. Exactly. I mean, <clears throat> every time you flip a channel, you're going to see a McDonald's ad, bro. You're going to if driving on the highway. You're going to see McDonald's ads. If you're listening to the radio, you're going to hear McDonald's ads for a new special for giving out a burger for uh, $2.99 that used to be $5. Like, mm. you know what I'm saying? Like, they programming you. Like, I got to go get that. I got to go get that joint. Like, I, I, I can't. McDonald's right in it. They got them on every corner. You know what I mean? Like, you can't avoid it. At some point, you're going to stop at that mug. It could be the trashiest stuff in the world. You're going to stop there just because... They have of, value. They, just because out of value, mm-hmm. you're going to stop there out of convenience because it's on every corner. And it's like, yep. damn, I done passed all the other corners. Now I'm by, now I'm by the house. I don't even want nothing else. I'm going to just stop over there. And you know what? I was doing research on McDonald's yeah. because like Ray Kroc back in the day. Mm-hmm. Do you know what's McDonald's biggest value? What's that? Their real estate. Mm. Because they own all the property. You got to think of it this way. Yeah. Because Ray Kroc was, um, I think he was in the real estate business actually. Okay. Yeah. So every McDonald's that you see pass by is um, property of McDonald's. Like you right. can't, like who's going to buy out that McDonald's? You not unless you unless you Disney. But, yeah, you yeah. ain't got the money to buy it. You can't walk in there and be like, "Y'all want to buy this building from y'all?" Are you crazy? Yeah, you ain't got enough for this. But that just shows you because he wasn't just thinking about the fast food industry. He was thinking more on the aspect of, "Okay, I got the fast food industry. How can I um, capitalize off this?" Dealing with real estate, right? And then capitalize dealing with advertisement with the commercial, right? Because I know some artists who deal with real estate, who deal with brand marketing, who have their own website selling sample packs, selling vocal packs, that's um, having we events. Yeah, yeah. You got you got to do more than just be an artist, basically. Yeah, cause shit. If not, you got to be a you got to be a crazy talented artist, like who got their business man, on point. Yeah, cause <laughs> if that's all you doing, man. You got to be an anomaly today. You know what I'm saying? Because it's just where we're at in the world. Like, And just even when you look at things economically, man, if you don't have at least two to three, you will want to get five 
or more like income streams different ways of yes. producing for yourself exactly. it's gonna be hard because the economy the price of things is not going down it's you know what I mean? it's only gonna go up it's only gonna keep going up we see this every year like look at look at these homes Look at these apartment complexes that be popping up. You know what I'm saying? Like, you'll be living in a a, a complex and it's like, yeah, all right, yeah, bet. We are 800, 800 a month. And then that next year come around and they done knock some shit down and they like, yeah, we building this whole shopping center up, man. We trying to make, we trying to gentrify this out. 1,200. 12? It was just eight. Yep. You know what I mean? Up. And it's like, There's well, no way you can go around it either. No, nah, it's like either you sign, re-sign your lease for this increase or you get released. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> <laughs> get released. <laughs> oh, that you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> but that's real, man. Yeah, it like, is. You know, it's like, shit, well, I guess I'll, I'll, I'll figure it out. I'll go elsewhere. But then you go into the market and then you see like, dang, it ain't just the community I live in because they doing this in every county. Yeah. So it's getting tough, man. You gotta you gotta have other ways to produce just to sustain yourself and your family. Yeah, and going off of what Jay Nolan was talking about, so good example, Travis Scott. He had multiple sources of income. He well, he did a collaboration with um Reese's Puff. Right. Like that sold out crazy. He got collaboration with um with Jordans. He got like collaboration with toys, like he got a bobblehead, it's crazy. Houston Rockets, Drake got um what Virginia Black he's the ambassador of um the Raptors the Raptors won a won a ring yeah. yeah that's crazy but he's not just dealing with music he's dealing with liquor okay Jay-Z he just became the first um hip hop billionaire right and he's a mogul he's not even an artist well he is an artist but right. he's title as a mogul because he has business when it comes to title he has like two three different liquor companies rock nation he, which is only growing yeah only growing yeah. with the talent the clothing line rockefeller back in the day like yeah he knew exactly what he was doing even with um p diddy he had Ciroc, sean john bad boys the list goes on you got yeah to, revolt which, yeah you know what oh, i'm man, saying can't forget about revolt yeah. were you at the summit no, I was not there. Yeah, but I, I like, wasn't either. Man. <laughs> hey, man, somebody going to have to sponsor me to go to the summit, bro. But, um... <laughs> oh, and A3C, too, man. Yeah, man. Somebody... I, I, need a, I need a sponsor for all of these things going around. Like, y'all, 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 y'all coming for people's pockets, man. Oh, yeah, that but, is um, true. That is but, true. But, you know, hey, every every resource, you got to use it to your advantage. But, like, like you were saying, man, um, that's where we're at today, man. Like... If you do music, leverage that audience from your music, create other things, man. Whether it be clothing, whether it be a, a beverage. You don't even have to be liquor. Like liquor is, yeah, it's very lucrative. But on a smaller scale, you could make a drink. You know what I'm saying? Be safe now because we got coronavirus. But you know what I'm saying? Um, or if you're if you're crafty, like if you know how to do hand handmade paintings and stuff like that like sell those like it's a lot that you can get into that can sustain you long term man and just like introducing people to the other layers of who you are you want to be a multifaceted individual you want to be able to provide other types of services because there may be a day that that primary source that you came in with is not as valuable as it used to be 
Yeah, just like with me, I have multiple sources of income, which I'm thankful for because I do a lot of research. Even when it deals with stocks, that's on another aspect. Yeah. But even with me, like what Jane Owen was talking about, like, you know, you create things from hand. Like I have acoustic panels and vocal booths I built from yeah. hand. And the thing is, as time goes by, I will sell them just right now. I just love to have like the comfort of having the whole room full of panels. Right. And then the value of an acoustic panel could be like forty, sixty dollars mm-hmm. and I could sell one for like fifteen, twenty. Mm-hmm. Because I already know the material, how to make it, the fabric. It's it's easy because I did research. If you really want to have multiple sources of income, do research. Yeah. That's the biggest thing I can tell you. If there's something you don't understand, Google and YouTube are there for you. For sure. Absolutely, man. And you know, that's what led me to doing Fresh and Local Fest. That's what led me to doing, you know, Untitled. You know what I mean? It's like, all right, what are, what are things that I'm passionate about that I don't necessarily have to always be on a mic? You know what I'm saying? Talking, you know, doing music, my own music, to still be involved in something that I really love. Like, I don't... My goal forever is not to be a rapper, you know what I mean? But it's like, all right, how do I stay connected to this? How do I create resources, create platforms? How do I just leverage other things as far as, like, even getting a music licensing? Like, you don't have to have brand new music to do that. You could have a song that's been sitting sitting in your hard drive for 10 years, but it might be right for this opportunity. You know what I'm saying? But if you don't know anything about it, you can't you can't activate on that opportunity. Um, so it's a lot of different things, man. I'm I'm really blessed. Like you mentioned the credits that I had earlier. I'm really blessed to have been able to experience those things because I never came into music thinking that was a possibility. Somebody had to introduce it to me. Yeah. And, you know, that's why I try to always pay it forward and introduce it to others. Yeah, me too, because I have credits too from albums and you know networking with yep. the major labels and you know just to helping the next person yep. that's why i never i never have a problem with um answering anybody's question when it comes yep. to like what i learned from steve um different things that i learned from looking at ray Shrimmer's track mm-hmm. Wiz khalifa migos and i'm really honored that he will actually open up knowing for a fact that he could pick anybody in the world because there's so many people who want to be assistant engineer yeah, for him for sure it depends on you being humble and being driven. Those are the two biggest things that he told me he saw in me because, you know, if he sent me something, I try my best to send it the same day or the next day. Some people, he told me, send stuff like two, three days to a week later. Yeah. And then, you know, being humble because my mentor, if you meet him in person, you would not believe he's a multi-platinum engineer right. who worked with some of the top artists in the world. Yeah, and that's, man, it's interesting that you say that because... When you really start getting around the people that have, like, the real success, that's kind of a common thread. You would never know what, they're, what they were into. You, never, you would never know what they were even doing for a living just by if you looked at their appearance or the way that they treat the people around them. It's like, dang, this dude got all these credits, work with all these people, you know, dang near a celebrity in their own right. But they're respectful to people. They... they they honor the energy of the room. Like they, they understand that they serve a bigger purpose. They're not trying to be somebody that they're not. Yeah. And but, I, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, but there are two sides to that because there are some people be like boasting their credit. Like, well, yeah, yeah, I. Oh man, those be the irritating ones. Yeah, they're, they're, yeah, you, you right, you right, you absolutely <laughs> right. But 
we're speaking on like the people that understand their position. Like there's a yes, difference. That is true. Like cuz people that have some sort of leverage but they don't really understand their position, they're boastful, they're overcompensating for some something that they lack, whether it's confidence, whether it's self-esteem, whether it's like Wanting to have power because they never have. Or personal success they feel like they should have. Right. You know what I'm saying? You want to try to make yourself into this other person. But if you're comfortable, if you're truly comfortable with who you are, you would never have to do stuff like that. And you really, you're really making yourself look crazy because the people that you come in contact with don't really care about all that neither. You know what I'm saying? Like... And you're going to make yourself look really foolish when you come around people more successful than yourself and you acting like you that person, like you that dude. It's like, bro, you just got here. What are you doing? Yeah, I seen that. I seen that all the time because the first time I met Mike Will made it, mm-hmm. I congratulated him because he just, um, he did Kendrick Lamar's Humble in yeah. DNA off um, the um, Damn album. Yeah, killed it. was like, appreciate it, man. And there was this other kid, I don't know who um, brought him in, but he was just doing too much because he was around around Mike Will and his team, and they just looked at him awkwardly because you could be around people and still be, you know, confident. You could be calm. Yeah. You don't have to act like, oh, man, man, we got to do something crazy because he's in the building. Nah. Just, just respect them for, you know, being who they are. Yeah. And then um, next week, I find out he just won a Grammy for Humble. That was crazy. Right, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but he he's someone I would consider humble because he do things in the community. Um, he know his position. He could be one of those type who can boast yeah. because of what he done. I'm glad he doesn't. Yeah, because, for sure. Like, of course, he did formation with Beyonce. Yep. He executive produced Creed two album. He also worked with acts like Miley Cyrus, Katy Perry. For sure. Yeah. And his list goes on too. There was a lot of credits I didn't even know. It's yeah, a lot but, of people that came after Mike Will that took his format. Oh yeah, Period. that's true. And he, Mike, will always show credit for like Pharrell, Timberland, Dr. Dre. With this generation now, because I don't see a lot of producer, executive producer, other than Pharrell, he uh, produced that. Um, I forgot what year the, the NBA 2K came out, but got you. He did okay. that. Yeah. Jay Z, Kanye West, um, executive produced The Great Gatsby, Kendrick right. Lamar, executive produced Black, Black Panther, Panther yeah. Future, executive produced uh, Superfly. So yeah. on that aspect. That's where I'm looking towards, you know, as time goes by. For sure. Because they taking money out of their pocket knowing that they're going to get a return. Yeah. Yeah, so that's another um, source of income that a lot of producers are probably not even thinking of. That's why I say Mike Will, he's on another level because I don't hear other producer executive producing projects. Yeah, for sure. I give you that. Unless you know somebody. Nah, I don't <laughs> see it. I don't see it happening like that, man. You know what yeah. I mean? And I only say that because we don't always know what we can do. Yeah. Like, there's a lot of things that we can be involved in. We just don't always know the process or don't always make ourselves aware of the process. Or someone is trying to keep it away from you. That too. Yeah. But that's why I say making ourselves aware because we can't rely on the next person to give us that information. We have to, you know, just like a dog, start sniffing around. You know what I mean? Like, all right, let me me see what I can find out here. I, I may not get... I may get a couple scraps right now. Yeah. But... I can build off of that. You know what I mean? That's the point, building. Yeah, exactly. So, and that's bringing back to my point of like that, uh, the songwriter social club, man. It's like, I don't claim to have the glossary of uh, music business. You know what I mean? I don't claim that our panelists and guests have the end all be all of like what you should know. I'm not coming in here to like point the finger and be like, I am the voice of reason 
far as music is concerned. But it's just like, yo, if you came in here today not knowing this information, at least you go home with it. Yeah. And that's the whole point. It's like, and if, even if you do know it when you came in here, maybe we can give you something that you didn't know or something to add to it or give you another perspective about the information that you already knew. And that could spark the brain of, of, of so much. You know what I'm saying? I would, And that's the whole thing, man. Like, I don't want to take credit for nobody's journey. Like, we just, set, we just set up a situation where it's like, I know that there's a demand for this because I see I'm out here with the other artists. You know what I mean? I interact with them. And once you start asking certain questions, the conversations get quiet. You know what I mean? And that's not a diss on their part. It's just like, yo... I see that we don't know. There's nobody giving us that information. There's nobody sitting us down. And some of us aren't going to the internet doing that sniffing around. So it's like, all right, how can I provide an outlet that puts people in position to learn more about this craft that they're a part of, to learn more about how they can protect themselves on a legal level, how they can, you know, uh, just different things, man. We had the labs come in and uh for those of y'all that are that are in the Atlanta area if you ever heard of the labs like they have a um a platform where it's like open for collaboration and you can just do all your split sheets and everything in their app but uh my guy Neil from the labs you know what I'm saying he had collaborated with somebody and it was like a uh a year later the song he produced that they never did split sheets for that they never did no type of agreements on. His song was getting played overseas, getting mad love, and nobody informed him about nothing. It was just out one day, you know what I'm saying? And once it came back around, it was like he wasn't even credited for his contribution to the record. So he had to try to, like, get things sorted out on the back end. And these are the types of things that are happening every day that nobody really talks about that much. Um, where you got to go hunt somebody down like, bro, you know I produced that or bro, you know I wrote this in the song. Yeah, you like straight cut me out. Yeah, it happens a lot in the music yeah. industry. Honestly, it's sad. Like Some people in the music industry say that's what the music industry is known for. Yeah, That's why you always got to focus on making sure you copyright your material, making sure that you have all your sessions together, make sure yeah. you have a good lawyer, understand like, one way or another, it, it, it doesn't have to be financially. It yeah. could be something on the aspect of someone's taking, okay, let's say someone's performing at this one event. You was promised that set. Someone else might take it. Yep. It could be in that nature. It doesn't always have to be financially. Just be prepared for things to happen. Right. Like, you shouldn't be, you know, hoping that the music industry is just going to work in your favor because basically it's supposed to work in their favor. That's why you always... Focus on, you know, the paperwork that's handed to you, making sure it works for you yeah. as much as you can. Yeah, that's it right there, man, you know. And uh, that's another thing that um, I've been telling to a couple people. It's like, man, when somebody presents you with paperwork, it's most likely going to be in their favor. That's the point of it. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean? But it's, but it's not to make you look good. It's to make them like make money off of you. Yeah, and even in, you know, favorable situations i still have to remove myself of liability in case this doesn't go right yeah you know what i'm saying exactly so just be aware of like like i said earlier man people are not just coming with candy you know what i mean like because they just want you to eat sweets you know what i mean like there's there's 
a lot more that goes into this. And the more that you understand, the more that you know, the more that you're able to comprehend everything that's going around you, the more equipped you are to be able to sustain and have some sort of longevity in this whole situation. Yeah, I totally agree. Well, Jay Nolan, I want to say thank you for coming by Rebel Year Studios to thank have you. this like talk, man. This is going to be a two-part, actually, man. Man, it's crazy, man. We <laughs> sat here and talked for a long time, man, but uh, I appreciate you having me, bro. Like, No problem at all, man. Long Seriously. time coming. Yeah. And one thing I do um, respect about you, because you always, you know, anytime I felt like, what's the purpose of all this? There's times, you know, you feel like, you know, the world's against you. Mm-hmm. It's good to have know for a fact that someone is as focused as you are. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I really want to say thank you for coming by. Oh, man, man. thank and you, always, bro. You know, we're going to have something set up in the near future. Whenever this coronavirus, you know, is out the way, yeah, for man, sure. I want to come to the next Songwriter Social Club, man. Okay. So you had Scott come out. He's an engineer. Oh, yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. Yeah, we did. Scott Taylor. Scott Taylor Jr., yeah. When I was interning at Castle Hill Studio, he was one of the engineers who um, I linked up with. We had stories, like, he was telling me, before I even worked with Steve Hibiki, how he was working with Mike Will and stuff, and he yeah. um, got his first plaque with Trim Life 2. Yeah, he spoke very highly of that whole camp at the uh, Songwriter Social Club. He, he He gave us the whole rundown of how he got involved with them because uh, I made sure I asked him how he got his break being a um, recording engineer, man, because that's what that's what the whole point of us doing it is about, man. Like, for, if somebody comes off of the street that just has a knack for something but doesn't know where to start, I want to be able to provide an outlet where they can get that information. How this person got their start? What did they go do? Like, if they left out the house that morning... What studio did you go to? Not to say that person's going to go to that exact studio, but just like give me your experience so that I can know how a successful person in this space has navigated their journey so that I can get up off my tail and figure out how to do it myself also. Shout out to Scott Taylor too, man. Very, 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 very respectful guy, man. He brought his whole family out that night, man. It was a a beautiful thing. Yeah, he's a humble person. I learned a lot from him in the studio. But even what you were saying, like the three big tips I could give for somebody, like if you're going to be in the music industry, from what I've learned, three things. One, be on time. Mm -hmm. Two, keep your word. And three, don't focus on your last credit. Mm, Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Because I remember um, when um, I graduated SAE, um, Brian Michael Cox spoke. And he was talking about, you know, he has multiple Grammys. Yeah. And he was talking about never focus on your last Grammy. Because next year, you're just going to be the one who won it last year. Yeah, that's true. And yeah. and like I said before, you're going to get passed up. Like, everybody else going to be on to the next thing. If you're still talking about that, you're just going to be the guy that did that. It's a beautiful thing to see, like, how this, this music thing can transform people's lives when, when, it's, when it's done the right way. When it's done the right way. Yeah, because I see, well, we could talk Forever. off the podcast I know. Yeah, because yeah. there's this one situation, I'll tell you, it, it okay. was crazy. It made me think more in depth on The only thing I'm going to say to you is be cautious on the people you keep around and know why you're doing this. For sure. Because you might do it for the purpose of your family. You might do it for the purpose of getting your music out. But just, you know, make sure to stay true to yourself. I'll just say it that way because there's a lot of things that I know for a fact that goes on. I'm not going to say Illuminati, this and that, but I do know it can get dark if you allow it. Oh, yeah. So 
in the end, make sure you um, stay focused on your goals and don't stop, you know, until you achieve it. That's what I say. Hey, I received that, man, and uh, <laughs> I'll, be, I'll be continuing to apply that for sure. All right. From everybody at Rebel Years, I want to tell everybody thank you for listening to the podcast and keep tuning in.